Hey, everybody. Randy and Jason Sklar here from View from the Cheap Seats. And our guest this week is someone that we truly, truly love. An icon in the podcasting world. (laughs) And we can get deep in the world of sports, specifically baseball, which is this time of year. So we talk about it with our good friend Dave Anthony. Did you have fun today, Dave? Uh... That's, and by the way, I'll take that from this That's son of a bitch. Compliment. That is a huge compliment. If you want to hear that level of enthusiasm on this podcast, listen to this week's episode of View from the Cheap Seats. It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. 12 original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kelberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash press. It's a good deal. It's a good show. Hey, everybody, it's me, Steve, and Steve alone. <laughs> um, as I'm recording this, it is Wednesday, May 2nd. It's about noon. I had to uh, crank this out. I have to crank this out really quick and get it uploaded because... Um, I have a dental, yet another dental appointment at three o'clock. It never ends. Um, This one isn't bad. I, as you know, if you listened last week, I uh, went busy and I recorded. I had, uh, I'd said that I was having a root canal on Thursday, so that was last Thursday, and. I'm still here, guys. I lived through it. It was a success. <laughs> it was not pleasant. Actually, you know, I've had maybe four, geez, maybe even five, I think about four root canals in my life. And um, this one was hands down the most, uh, I can't say pleasant, the easiest. This was the easiest and quickest um, root canal with the least amount of like pain and irritation while I was having it done, but yet the most pain after it was over, (laughs) there were like two days after that root canal where my jaw just hurt from the trauma and my gums hurt from where, you know, they, they give you the, uh, the injection to numb your mouth. That's usually the worst part, but this, this one for some reason for like two days was really bad. Um, but my dentist had sent me to, uh, a guy, what's it, I guess an endodontist is what he is, whose only job, all this guy does all day is do root canals. Can you imagine that as your job? You're just like, everyone coming to see you is bummed out. Hey doctor. 
just like that's your job your job might as well you might you might as well might as well have a job punching people in the face for a living and they have to pay you to come do it and so they're just like really not in you know looking forward to it and they walk into the office give you eight hundred dollars and you punch them in the face um but it's all he does so he's really good and this was one of the nicest dentist offices i've ever been in it was like an apple store (laughs) it was very nice very clean um oh my god he, he it was so fast he did it in less than an hour the last root canal i had seemed like it took like actually it took like two days like they had to stop part way through and reschedule and and it was probably like three and a half hours. Um, but, uh, so today's appointment, I go back to my regular dentist and she's going to put on a temporary crown and fit me for a regular crown, which means I will then have to go back in about another week and a half to have that crown put on. It just doesn't end. Take care of your teeth. I this isn't even because I don't take care of my teeth. This is this one happened because I had a silver filling. Um, uh, you know, I'm 49. When I was younger, most fillings were like silver, you know, and it's not even pure silver. There's like mercury and shit in those. And I figured... You think silver, you think like a solid metal that is just not going to deteriorate. But, you know, my dentist said, you know, um, silver fillings just really start to get, she she calls them stress fractures over the years. Over the decades, they start to just crack. I, I had no idea. And so the cavities that are be underneath these fillings that you get, once it starts cracking, more, you know, bacteria starts getting in there and the cavities start getting bigger again. I had no idea this was happening until I was, where was I? I was in Atlanta when I was shooting in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. I took a drink of some cold water and really, it really hurt that tooth. I was like, that's weird. And um, it was actually a tooth I forgot I had a filling on. So I was like, oh man, I must have a cavity. So the next week when I got back, I went to my dentist and they did an x-ray and she's like, oh yeah, she's like, you need a root canal. This, she showed me it and sure enough, you could see the filling, but underneath it, the cavity was giant. Like it went down all the way down to the nerve. Like she's like, this is right up against the nerve. That's why it's painful. And, um, and so I went and saw the, uh, I went to the, the, endodontist or whatever he's called last week and at first I was a little hopeful he's like well let's take an x-ray see if I can save it with a filling and he looked at it and he's like nah he's like this this cavity's right up against the nerve and if if we fill it eventually it'll probably start hurting again so they did that and great story Steve you really are you guys still awake um <laughs> uh, I guess more on that later, but yeah, I get. I think the big news right now is Busy P um, is going to host a late night talk show, uh, which is amazing. You know, it's so funny because 
when we first started doing this podcast, like last year, almost, I guess we're a couple, it's probably about 10 months ago we started doing, 10, nine or 10 months ago we started doing this. And um, I remember Busy saying, I really, like, she was very, I think, has become disenchanted with acting and stuff. And it is kind of a bummer and a hustle. And a lot of times it's it's not that fun. But she was like, I don't know. She goes, I just, I want to, I want to host a talk show. I just want to host a talk show. And here we are, less than a year later, she's now hosting a talk show. Um, and joining a very, very small group of women who have hosted talk shows. Like this is very huge news. Um, you know, the, the list is very, very small, you know, Joan Rivers and Samantha B and, uh, Chelsea Handler, Sarah Silverman. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. I mean, it's that small of a list. Um, so this is massive. So I couldn't be more proud of her. I don't, honestly, I don't know what busy and I haven't really talked about what this means for the podcast. Um, I worked on a late night talk show, uh, about, you know, 11 or 12 years ago. I, I was a writer on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And, um, I can honestly say that is, it's a grind. It's a lot of work and takes a lot of time. Um, so I don't know, uh, what that means. I do know the podcast isn't going to stop. I'm not going to, I mean, I didn't book a late night (laughs) talk show. I'm, uh, I love doing this podcast. I'm not going to stop doing it. So I hope, I mean, nothing would please me more than busy being able to do both. I mean, that's ideal. I hope that is what happens. We haven't really talked about it yet. She hasn't really gone into production. So uh, I think, you know, we won't have a feel for what the scheduling is going to be like until, you know, probably this summer. So uh, we'll see. I mean, if she has to stop, she has to stop. I'm I'm only addressing this because I've seen a lot of comments on our Instagram about what does this mean for the podcast. Um, we don't know. I I can tell you though that the podcast won't stop. I love doing this podcast, and I have a lot of free time usually, <laughs> so I will keep doing it. Uh, I don't know if that makes you feel better. <laughs> Uh, and I know I always joke about this and you're always very kind in the comments saying, we still love it when it's just you doing an episode. Um, but I do realize the reason we have so many listeners and followers is, uh, because busy is such a huge presence on uh, social networking, uh, which is probably, you know, what helped her get the, uh, talk show. Um, and I, th- I think Busy's going to do an, an amazing job. I don't think I know. I mean, you know, listen to this podcast. She's great at talking. It's <laughs> it's what she does best. And uh, I'm very excited. I can't wait to see uh, see how it plays out, see the format. And uh, um, yeah, there's no one, probably no one prouder than busy than I am. Uh, you know, I, I know she's been talking about it for a while and it's finally come true. That's so crazy. I'm glad she was finally able to announce it. Um, anywho, 
uh, I sound really nasal. I'm listening through headphones right now, and I all I keep noticing is how sinusy I I sound. A, I have to do a thorough cleaning of my apartment. It's I think it's uh, too dusty. It's something I notice a lot with hardwood floors. You know, when I first moved out of my parents' house and and left college and started living in apartments and stuff, I was like, I, was like, I just want a cool place with hardwood floors. I always wanted, I don't think I've had an apartment with hardwood floors until this one. I, they've always had carpeting. And I was always like, that's so cool. Hardwood floors look cool. And, uh, I, I'm I'm noticing more dust though. Although I guess you wouldn't notice it as much in carpet. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm. I took a took some allergy medicine last night, and I took some more this morning. So I'm a little uh, little bonkers. But yeah, my place is kind of dusty, and um, it's spring now. And it's been like really gray and dreary in LA, which for me is usually when I get more allergies. I, w- I would normally think, you know, oh, sunny spring weather and it's windy, breezy, and it's blowing the pollen around. That's, you know, that's what you think is ideal for, you know, allergy season. But for me, I, I notice it more when it's like gray and humid and dingy out. Oh my god. So uh yeah, it's just allergies, guys. I'm not sick. I feel great otherwise. Let's do some emails. Uh, let's see. Well, I've only talked for fifteen minutes. <laughs> um sorry, opening my phone right now. Sorry, I almost didn't do a podcast today. I was like I was like, oh, I gotta go to the dentist, and it's right in the middle of the afternoon, which is usually when we record, and and then I have to get the files to Starburns Audio so they can compress and upload them, and I, I tend to want to get that done by five, and uh, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll just not worry about it, and um, screw it, I am gonna worry about it, I can't. I can't let you guys down. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to do one, but um, I am a little rushed. Sorry, I'm also reading through emails. To, um, I also need to... I need to archive these emails once I've read them, because now I'm, I'm reading through ones. I'm like... Oh, I don't know if I've read this already. Um... Nothing like dead air. What have you guys been up to? <laughs> um. Oh, I also did. Uh, I did yoga last week and uh, acupuncture. I mean, I'm no. I. Oh yeah, that's right. When we did the podcast last week at Busy's house, we were talking about how my back was really sore. I had done. I'd done yoga 
the day before we recorded last week. I did it in the morning. Um, my friend Alexis, who's a yoga instructor, really, really great. Um, basically, my second time ever doing yoga. Previously, it had been like 10 years. And uh, so I went and she uh, did some light yoga stuff, mainly for my back, because my back was already sore. And, um, and I, I've been, one thing that's kept me from doing yoga for so long, I've wanted to do it for a while is my vertigo. For me, it's very hard to, and this is an issue with going to the dentist as well. It's hard to invert my head. Like if I hang my head upside down, my vertigo gets really bad. I get very dizzy and disoriented. Um, which, you know, if I, this was a problem last week when I was at the uh, the dentist having my root canal. And I tell every dentist this when I, they put me in the chair. I'm like, I know you have to lean me way back. But once my head gets to a certain angle, which is usually flat and beyond, uh, I, I can get really dizzy. And uh, it was so funny because usually like my regular dentist is like, oh, yeah, like they've had to deal with people with vertigo before. So they're not unfamiliar with this and then last week <laughs> this dentist was like baffled he looked at me like I was a crazy person I go I have vertigo just so you know I know you're gonna have to lower me back really far but if you can keep me just slightly above horizontal and he's just like um what <laughs> He was like so confused and like, but this is in your top teeth. I have to have you leaning way back to get to your top teeth. If it was the bottom teeth, it would be so much easier. And I go, yeah, it's not my bottom tooth though. And I have vertigo, so deal with this. So we found a, a spot that worked and uh, I was still a little bit dizzy. It's It's really weird. I really... And I don't have BPV. It's not the um, it's not the uh, the kind with the crystals that come loose that cause the room to spin. I get the spinning room every now and then, but I am a person who is generally always dizzy. My vertigo is, and when I had acupuncture last week, it's, it's my acupuncturist is comes from the first family ever, the first people ever to do acupuncture in Los Angeles. They go back decades and they go back gym, like, you know, 10 generations into China as acupuncturists. So they're really good. And, and my acupuncturist was like, oh, and she was describing the type of vertigo perfectly that I have. She's like, I think I can help you. We'll see about that. <laughs> I've had this my whole life, but she's, you know, prescribe some herb but she described it perfectly as like cloudy my head feels cloudy it feels like someone put a hose in my ear I've probably said this before on the podcast it feels like someone has put a hose in my ear and just pumped in some helium and I'm just super lightheaded and I generally feel like that all the time all the time and then uh, then you add on varying, it just depends day to day, varying degrees of dizziness with that cloudy feeling. And she described it perfectly. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And so she 
put these needles in me. This was last week and, uh, you know, in my forehead and near my nose and in the back of my head and on the top of my head. And when she did that, this was amazing. My sinuses started draining like crazy. And for a couple hours afterwards. So maybe they can help me. I'm going to see an ENT again. Um, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It, I feel like it's related to my sinuses and the, the phlegm. It, yeah, yeah, whatever. I can talk all day about the symptoms, but that's not going to cure anything. I, I got to see the right person. Anyway, yeah, so back to um, uh, yoga. So I'd been putting it off because, you know, a lot of yoga is you're, you're bending over and, or you're inverting your head, and it, those things don't work for me. I mean... Not, they don't, not that they don't work. I can't do them. And so Alexis was like, no, we'll do some back stretches and stuff where um, we can cheat and you don't have to do that. And we did, and it was great. My back felt great all day. And, and then I came home that night, and I sat on the couch to watch a movie. Next thing I know, it's like 7 o'clock in the morning, and I have been asleep on my giant shitty puffy, fluffy, down, no support couch all night. And, uh, which is what I think has caused the back pain to begin with. And so I wake up the next morning after yoga and my back is killing me. So that's when I went to, to acupuncture and, um, and, uh, and that felt great. The acupuncture always I, you know, I don't always know if it's a cure. I don't know if acupuncture is a cure for some of the things I have, but I can honestly say as far as pain management, acupuncture is incredible. Like I've had pains, you know, in my legs or joints or knees or shoulder and, um, gone to seeing orthopedists, uh, gone to doctors, you know, tried, you know, pain medications that don't even usually work that well. But if I go into my acupuncturist, they can usually make the pain, if not 100% better, like at least 75% better. It's crazy. Even when I had, I don't know if I talked, God, my brain is mush. I don't know if I talked about this, but even when I've had like kidney stones, like I had my kidney stone and my last kidney stone and there's, I feel like I have talked about this, so forgive me. May, this will be for new listeners. <laughs> I, you know, a kidney stone really only hurts unbelievably once it has left your kidney and is working its way down through your ureter towards your bladder. And that's, you know, just like a few inches, but it takes forever because it's like a golf ball going through a straw. It's really scrapes and that's the painful part. But sometimes there is a period before it comes loose where it's starting to make its way out and there's some pain there. And it's not bad pain. It's just more of a dull ache. And so... uh I was going to my acupuncturist because I was having, you know, these really bad aches in my back, you know, right by my kidney. And I thought it was muscular and uh, because it wasn't that sharp kidney stone pain. And she would do the treatment 
and my pain would be gone for a few days. Like it was amazing. And then it would come back and I was like, well, they're not fixing anything, but the pain's better. And then I went to my doctor and he did an x-ray and he was just like, yeah, you, uh, you have a kidney stone. It's, it hasn't started passing yet, but the fact that you're feeling it means it might. And so I went back to my acupuncturist, I think the next day and hoping that I, <laughs> I'm very, always very hopeful with this stuff with easy solutions. I'm like, Hey, uh, the doctor said I have a kidney stone. Can you make it go, <laughs> make it go? I mean, it's not magic. I'm like, can you make it go? <laughs> She's like, are you insane? She goes, no, that's, uh, that's like a solid rock in your voice. She's like, I can't, but we can treat you. And, and so they would, do, you know, she'd do the acupuncture and I'd be fine for days. And, um, so I do know that as far as pain management, acupuncture is great. So if you're having weird joint and stuff, you know, go see a doctor, but think about trying acupuncture for pain. It's, uh, oh my God. I also did cupping on my back, which like these weird suction cups things, which I don't know. I don't know what that does or if it works, but all I know is when I leave acupuncture, I feel great. And, um, so there, but I really, it's all I fucking want. If, if, if a genie came to me with three wishes, the first wish would, the first wish would be, <laughs> I'm trying to think between my top two. The first wish would be get rid of my um, vertigo. Hands down, it's the worst. I mean, I would rather pass a kidney stone once a year than have this constant vertigo. It's It, it affects, you know, vertigo affects my uh, everyday life, you know. The reason I don't tour... I was thinking about this. The reason I don't tour as a comedian, I'm a stand-up comedian. I usually only do one-nighters in places or, you know, I'll go to do shows with my friends or I do a lot of shows in LA. But the reason I don't tour and don't do the road is because of fear. I am afraid I will be in a town where I don't know anybody, you know. And when you go to do stand-up at a comedy club, you're usually there from like Thursday night till Sunday which is a long time when you're by yourself. And um, I'm afraid I'll be like in Peoria or, you know, somewhere in the Midwest where I don't know anybody. And I will have a really bad vertigo attack, like the kind where the room looks like it's spinning and I can't walk. I can't even make it to the bathroom. Um, that's my biggest fear. That is one of my biggest fears is having that happen while I'm on the road. So that's that alone is why I don't tour as a comedian. If I did not have vertigo, I would be touring a lot. I'd be making more money. I mean, it would be amazing. Um, I could make decent money as a touring comedian. Um, so usually the only way I go out and do dates in other cities is if I'm with a friend, like another comedian, you know, um, I, you know, I've gone out of town, but it's been to open for people. That way I, I at least feel safe. Like if something happens, I can text whoever I'm with. Like, hey, can you come down to my room and help me get to the bathroom? Like it's that bad. Um, 
and the few times that I have gone out by myself, it's never happened. It's uh, this is me being a fatalist, and this is me always assuming worst case scenario. And I don't want to be somewhere by myself and have the worst case scenario happen. Uh, it affects so many areas of my life, this vertigo. Um, and I've seen a lot of doctors who just were like, yeah, sometimes people just have vertigo. Like they don't have cures. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you can't do a blood test and see why you're fucking dizzy. It's, in your head it's so weird i'm fine from my jaw down it's like you know from the neck up i'm uh, a basket case I'm, I'm a mess and it has prevented me from doing a lot of shit anyway so genie <laughs> so let's get back to these wishes i would wish for my vertigo to be gone hands down boom that's it I would love to lay flat on the ground again and not feel dizzy. I would love to hang upside down. I would, you know what I would love to do? I would love to go to a playground, throw my legs up over some monkey bars and hang upside down like I did when I was a kid. I can't do that because I would get too dizzy. I would love to do that. I'd love to put on a pair of inversion boots for my back and just hang upside down for 20 minutes, but I can't do that. <sighs> So, yeah, genie wish number one, no vertigo. Genie wish number two. <laughs> this is so dumb. I wish Busy was here. Uh, genie wish number two, uh, no pooping. <laughs> I'm not joking. I've said this before. If I, I've joked in the past that if I had one wish... It would be that I would not have to poop. And not one of those weird deal with the devils where deal devils deal with the devil where I say, Yeah, I'll, you can have my I'll sign away my soul if you if I just don't have to poop. And then the devil's like, Okay, and I don't have to poop, but then you know, like he seals my butthole off and then my whole, whole body like starts expanding because there's still poop in my body, it just won't come out. And uh, then I explode. I it, No twists. I just want to, like, the genie to snap his or her finger and my body just absorbs all the food and nutrients and everything and I don't have to poop. Plain and simple. That would be wish number two. Oh, that would be so amazing. I'm not kidding. That would be awesome. Okay, I want four wishes. <laughs> wish number three. Which not no wish number three, if we kept it at three wishes, wish number three would be world peace. <laughs> I know it's lame that I put that third, but look, I'm still looking out for all you guys. Um, <laughs> just I just have some shit I need to take care of first. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. Um, yeah, world peace. I I I don't want any more wars or you know. Any of that bullshit. If I had a fourth wish, it would be no throwing up. And I put that way last because I don't throw up anyway, but it is just a fear of mine. You know, I've gone 31 years without throwing up, which, oddly enough, makes me think of throwing up constantly because the longer I go without throwing up, 
the more I know my odds are that I'm going to throw up soon. <laughs> Does that make sense? The longer I go, the, the more the odds are in my favor of puking. I, I can't go the rest of my life without throwing up, right? I mean, maybe I can. I've, I have only thrown up like four or five times in my whole life. But I keep thinking, oh, man, I've gone 30. There's no way I'll go another 31 years without throwing up. Something's going to happen. It's probably going to happen soon. So I think I obsess about throwing up all the time. It's so insane. It is insane for a person that doesn't throw up to be obsessed with throwing up. I mean, I know, I know part of the psychology is that if I threw up, I don't know what a normal amount was, once a year, twice a year, you know, get sick, get food poisoning or something. If I threw up a normal amount, I would probably in my head be like, oh yeah, it sucks, but it's not that bad. <laughs> I've even had someone, someone email like early on in the podcast, because I've talked about this before. Someone sent an email saying, Hey, I know you have a fear of throwing up. I threw up recently too for the first time in like 10 years. And uh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I mean, if, ideally, of course, no one wants to throw up. But uh, sometimes I'm just like, maybe it should just happen and then I, I won't obsess about it. But whatever. I have, a, I have other friends who are the same way. They haven't thrown up in years and they say, they say the same thing. They, they think about it all the time. It's their biggest fear. So fucking weird. I mean, I, I think about it almost every time I sit down to eat in a restaurant. I'm like, does this food look cooked enough? What the, I wish I could see the cook or the chef. I want to know what this dude's deal is. I don't want to get food. I, it, that's the kind of insanity that goes through my head all the time. Uh, now romaine lettuce. <laughs> Um, I was, I Googled a, um, a thing about, I, I was, I was just Googling the romaine lettuce situation and I, I got directed to like a, a different link. It was like, Oh, readers also check this, look, look this up. And it was, uh, it was an article by a chef, like a five-star chef, like a really like top chef about what they do not eat in a restaurant uh, related to, this is all related to food poisoning. It's things they will not eat in restaurants because they don't want to get sick. This chef was like, I will never eat a salad in a restaurant. It was, it was amazing. And they had everything broken down. He's like, I won't eat a salad because, you know, not all lettuce has E. coli on it, but some places don't wash it enough. And a lot of restaurants will buy pre-cut lettuce in bags. And he says, with that, your uh, your odds of getting food poisoning and E. coli goes up because this is lettuce coming in from different places and they're cutting it and putting it into the same bag. And, you know, maybe most of it doesn't have E. coli, but maybe some of it that they throw in that bag does. And now you're going to get sick. So the chef was like, I don't eat salads at... Um, restaurants um that's the only thing i remember <laughs> that stuck with me because i was like sweet i don't have to eat salads in uh, restaurants i'm now looking for that article 
Uh, I think I bookmarked it. Oh, please let me have bookmarked it. Where the fuck are my bookmarks? Well, this is ridiculous. It's not popping up. I don't want to waste your time. But I don't know. I don't even know. Did we cover all the genie stuff? <laughs> I said also recently, I wish there was a hamburger genie that would just then my friend pointed out, he's like, you can just ask a regular genie for a hamburger. There doesn't, <laughs> there doesn't have to be a hamburger genie. <laughs> that might be the dumbest thing I ever said. It was like, I wish there was a genie, like a hamburger genie. Like if I, you know, if I was on the road, like on a road trip or somewhere in the middle of nowhere, I could just snap my finger or, <laughs> or rub this lamp and the hamburger G would come out and give me whatever hamburger I want. My friend was just like, hey, asshole, what do you think a regular genie's job is? And I love that we were having this conversation like there are <laughs> Like there are actual genies. <laughs> like this is a possibility. Like let's discuss this further and see how we can solve the genie crisis. <laughs> the genie crisis is something that they're not focusing on in Congress. Well, hasn't Trump assigned someone? To the genie crisis. Oh my god, I'm gonna puke. Oh, and now we come full circle. <coughs> We've come full circle. I'm, I'm about to puke from laughing. Oh god damn it, I don't want to go to the dentist today. I just. Oh, I just don't want to get. Like, once a week, this is just. Uh, although I've just been, um, I've just been going so much. I think tomorrow I have a cardiology appointment. Um, you know, last time I was at the cardiologist, he was like, um, you know, we discussed how great my nuclear stress test was and how I have no blockage and my heart is really healthy. But then, he, you know, he, he'd taken my blood pressure and it was high in the room. I'd also had like two or three coffees that morning. And also in general, once I slip that blood pressure sleeve over your arm, I, I start to hold my breath and my heart rate starts to go up. So he's like, we're going to put you on a low-salt diet for a month and then come back. And, uh, I was like, oh, God, okay. And I started for like a day or two, and then I forget why, but I went to another doctor for something. This was like a month ago. I, what was I? This might have been when I had the, the flu or something. I don't remember what it was, but I went to a doctor just a few days later. They took my blood pressure it was 120 over 80. She was like, your blood pressure's fine. It's perfect. And that's all old Steve needed to hear to uh, 
get his get that salt going back again. I just abandoned the no salt diet, so we'll see what this uh, what this doctor says. I think I go in tomorrow. I didn't write it down, but usually they call me the day before to say you have a uh, an appointment tomorrow. I haven't gotten that call yet, so maybe I don't. Um. Yeah, I hope I don't. I don't. I, but I think I was going to go in. It wasn't just to follow up on the uh, the sodium thing. It was um, they were going to do. Uh, I think in addition to the stress test, they were going to do a uh, an ultrasound of my heart. Boy, they really want to check everything out in the heart. That's the old heart. What a bastard that shit can be. <laughs> I just saw Kevin Smith was on Stephen Colbert last night. Uh, he's lost like 39 pounds. He looks great. Uh, more power to you, Kev. Um, okay, let's really get into these emails. Um. Okay, here's one. Uh, hey, Busy and Steve. First off, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the content you are creating. It's really a joy to eavesdrop on your conversations, and it makes me feel not so alone in my neurosis. This is from, let's see. Let's see if they want their name read. Uh, I will just say a listener named Laura. Uh, I also, God damn it, my phone's ringing. Go away. <clears throat> uh, I also really want to thank you both, but especially Steve for being so open about the experience with your you had dealing with your father's death. My older brother died in October, and every day I feel a new mixture of emotions. Some days I'm frustrated or jealous of other people not grieving. <laughs> oh my God, I know that feeling so much. Uh, some days I'm just plain old sad, but mostly I feel guilty for not loving him harder or being more open about how proud of him I was. <clears throat> Before we go on, I'm just going to say, I being jealous of other people not grie grieving, is, I, I feel like probably completely normal. You know, when my dad was dying, I would, I would uh, drive, you know, most days out to Riverside. Um, where he was from LA and that's about an hour's drive. A lot of times I would be in traffic and I would just not even music playing, but just uh, silence in the car and I would just be inside my own head. And every now and then I'd look around at people in their cars and just without knowing anything about them or what they're going through, I would just be jealous going, they're probably not, driving to their dying father or mother or relative or I wonder if they're happy um, or they don't know the the big one was they wow that's so weird that person right there doesn't know my dad is dying right now um, that person doesn't know how sad I am um, so yeah there I had a lot of jealousy it was really weird I internalized it I didn't obviously didn't lash out at people <laughs> for saying, you know, how dare 
you not have someone dying in your life right <laughs> right now and part of that's because um you know this was a weird awakening i had while this was going on was that this is something that we all either have or will have to deal with most of us not every i mean there are some people who are completely alone in life and have no one and die alone i mean talking we talked about kodakushi on that last episode lonely death they will not know the sorrow of losing someone close to them that i mean i think that's very rare but i guess it does happen in some occasions but for the most part it's something we all have to deal with it's insane it really is and until you've dealt with it it is just a fear it's like a dark cloud looming in the distance you know when i was younger saying when i was a kid going oh my god my fucking parents are gonna die and just being worried all the time and then when i moved out just living you know away from my family every time my phone would ring in the middle of the night my first thought would always be oh my god please don't let someone be dead I, I am really psychotic that way. And like I said, I tend to go to the worst case scenarios. But again, if your phone is ringing at two o'clock in the morning, it's usually not a congratulations or something wonderful. So it was just this thing like, and you build it up in your head of how horrible it's going to be when it happens. And in a lot of ways, it's worse than what you imagine it to be. It's fucking horrible, especially if you watch it happen slowly. I mean, there's a couple ways to go. There's, you know, you can go in your sleep quickly, unexpected, which I think for all of us is ideal. Or um, it can be a long, drawn-out, horrible, painful process for everybody. I mean, I felt worse for my dad, but it was also hard on everyone else in the family watching this happen over a year. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, so in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it's worse than you can imagine. But also, it's very enlightening in uh, the process that this is something that everyone is going to have to go through. I mean, especially with themselves. I mean, I'm going to die. You're going to die. Yes, you. You listening to this right now. It's just going to happen. That is part of this journey. It's the end of this journey, as far as we know. Um, maybe there's something afterwards. You know, I don't know what you all believe in, but hopefully, you know, I've, I, for years, was under the impression that... Um, <clears throat> You know, I grew up in a Christian family, so I was, you know, thought that there, you know, we die and go to heaven and we live in the clouds in this golden city or whatever. And then, you know, once I got, you know, into my late teens and especially into college, I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, whatever you believe, that's fine. To me, I was just like, this doesn't make sense. And I became fairly atheist and um, was just like, no, we die and, you know, 
we go into the earth and we fertilize the earth, you know, where we came from. And that's it. So we have to make this count. We have to make this life count and um, make a difference if we can. And uh, and then, you know, once my dad started dying, or not when, but after he died, I, I started meditating. I've talked about this. And I really want to get my meditation teacher on here. He's on my, I, I have another podcast called Uh. And um, you can find the old episode with um, my meditation teacher, Teo Burkhart. We talk all about it, but I'd love to get him on this podcast. Um, once I started really meditating and going, you know, into my subconscious and and uh, just realizing that, that, you know, we're all connected, whether you believe... God created us or a giant explosion, whichever your belief, I mean, basically we still come from the same place, whether it's from God or from the explosion. So we're all connected. We're all made of the same stuff. And it, it was kind of a wonderful realization for me. But yeah, you know, doing that drive, it, it was really weird. I mean, Aside from sitting with my father as he was passing away, um, I had a lot of time to think in that on those drives out to Riverside and back to L.A. And uh, it just it honestly like it was horrible and painful, but it was also made me feel closer just to people in general, even strangers, because like we're all in the same boat together. <coughs> oh my god. My allergies are insane. All right, I'm going to continue here. Uh, he struggled with depression and anxiety and like so many others found solace in drugs just as he was getting it together, finding his space and growing. As a real artist and professional, he was gone. My heart breaks for the potential he had, but mostly for the years and the days and the moments we will never get. <clears throat> Sorry for rambling. At times, it's easy to type a message into the world rather than turning to the people around me. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I mostly just wanted to write you this because I've been thinking about my dreams since uh, Michael passed. Uh, for as long as I can remember, I've had super vivid dreams. The morning I heard Michael had died was the last time I dreamt of him. <clears throat> Until last night, I had a dream of hopping around bars in New York when a stranger tapped me on the shoulder. He was the spitting image of my brother. Down to the laugh and toothy smile, I broke down into tears because it spooked me so bad. Uh, as I laid on the floor, the stranger came to me and stood with a light glowing behind him. I touched his face and he grabbed my hands and said, I love you and I just want to protect you. I suddenly woke up as it felt like my hands were being squeezed. I don't know why I'm relaying this to you, but I just found it to be this magical, scary, comforting moment. Grieving is so intimidating uh, but I appreciate having your company through it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Laura. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that, Laura. I know it's not always easy to do. And uh, for me as well, it's a lot, you know, usually a lot easier for me to write and send someone an email and actually say it in person. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it's so weird. You know, I, I've heard so many stories about... Um, people after they lose someone they love dreaming about them like having very vivid dreams I've, I've heard this a lot 
And um, so I was kind of expecting that after my dad died. I was like, oh man, this is going to be weird. I'm going to have some crazy dreams. And for like almost a year, I didn't, I feel like it was a year. I, I didn't have any dreams. Like none with my dad, none with anybody. And, um, and, uh, I was honestly kind of bummed about that. I was like, oh, that's weird. I was hoping to, you know, experience my father again. And, um, but it wasn't happening. And then one night, uh, then one night I, 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 and it wasn't vivid because I don't remember it very well, but, um, I had a dream about my dad and I just remember waking up crying. And, um, yeah, I don't remember the dream at all. I didn't, when it happened, you know, like two years ago or whatever, and I still don't, um, but I, I did wake up crying, but I felt oddly comforted, you know, that it finally happened. And then, um, well, this is weird. <laughs> like a year ago I did mushrooms out in Joshua tree and, um, after that, and I just generally don't dream a lot, or I go through periods. And after my dad had died, I just stopped dreaming. I was not having dreams, and uh, or very rarely. And then um, a year ago, and it's been going on for a long time. And then a year ago, I did mushrooms, and then for like weeks, for weeks, it was just vivid, lucid, intense dreams for like weeks. And a lot of my dreams uh, featured people from my, my, my past who had died. I think I've talked about this too. Like my friend Harris, who was 30 years old and died about, you know, three years ago. Um, he was, I had a dream that I was in a, buying a house and I was looking at this house and these people were showing it to me. And he was just kind of standing behind me the whole time. And finally, one of the people were like, um, I'm sorry, but who's this guy standing behind you? I was like, oh, that's Harris. Don't worry. He follows me around. He's dead. And then I woke up sobbing, you know, it's, it's, it's so weird, you know, how your dream processes or how your brain processes grief, um, I assume that's what was happening in that dream. But, um, yeah. And then I had more dreams about my father and uh, the brain is so weird. You guys, <laughs> um, all right. We're at about 55 minutes. Once again, I shock myself at being able to get through another solo episode. Um, hopefully we'll have busy back next week. I know she's, trying to finish her book this week. I know she's on the last chapter. Uh, I texted her last night to see if she could record today. I didn't hear back. I I'm assuming it's because she's been completely overwhelmed with, you know, the news about her talk show and, uh, having to finish this book. So, um, I just didn't want to push it. I didn't want to add some more stress to her. And, um, yeah, that's it, you guys. Uh, hopefully, Busy will be back next week. Um, 
also, you know, in regards to the talk show, don't worry. I'm not going to stop doing the podcast no matter what. Ideally, though, Busy will continue on. Oh, man. I'm having, like, asthma or something. (laughs) I'm a mess, and as long as I'm a mess, we're going to have this podcast. All right. uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of the week and a great weekend, and stay healthy and be good. Bye. It's a good show. Hey everyone, it's me, Steve. AG, you know. <laughs> I'm here to let you know that Starburns Audio has a new survey. Uh, just go to starburns.audio slash survey. Um, we're trying to get to know our listeners a little bit better. Uh, and it only takes a few minutes, I promise. But uh, it makes a massive difference to the podcasters at um, Starburns Audio. Believe me. We uh, are trying to get to know a little bit more about you, what you like, what you don't like, um, ideas you may have to make things run smoother. Um, This really is a helpful survey um, because currently podcasting is still kind of like the Wild West. We still don't know a lot. It's uh, it's a new medium. Um, So your responses make everything a lot easier. Uh, It's incredibly helpful and uh, incredibly quick. So again, just go to starburns.audio slash survey and uh, fill it out. Help help a brother out. All right. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island and he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would would that be like? (laughs) It might go something like this. Oh, Mr. Karloff, I loved you and Frankenstein, and I love giving you a blowjob. Why, Mr. Seinfeld, I'd love having you fuck.